Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Noon, Friday. Lauren Koval is here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Lauren. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing What's up? better than Kennesaw State. Fair enough. That last possession, a little sad. Not, not, not ideal, yeah. All right, well, sticking with the theme of March Madness, okay. our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now on ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, which remaining Arizona schools will go the furthest in the NCAA tournament, ASU or GCU? Right, well, yeah, I mean, you know what my answer is going to be on this one. A- ASU is... A, ASU is ASU. Yeah. B, ASU, I think, would beat GCU heads up. I mean, GCU is a good team. Yeah. But C, GCU is playing Gonzaga. Well, there it is right there. ASU is playing TCU. And you've got Grand Canyon. Who's <laughs> playing Gonzaga? There's a big difference there. Um, and honestly, I think ASU is better equipped to make a run in the tournament. So, yeah, I would pick ASU. I don't know if this is 100% true. I'd heard it from a couple people that, that some of the GCU players might still wear some of the Baylor, like the shoes or whatever, for their game. If that's – I don't know why I like that, but I do. I like that if GCU is doing that. They obviously can't wear the Baylor, like, yeah. outfits. <laughs> they can't wear a uniform of a different well, team. I'm glad you like it, Luke. Right, That's well, great. Do you like it? No. Okay, well, whatever. Wear your gear, please. Wear your stuff. Where's your oh, helmet, right. Wolf? Where's your helmet? What? You gotta. That's your gear. You've got to be ready to go. Well, listen, I'm not going to wear a helmet while I'm broadcasting. You have absolutely worn a helmet while broadcasting. We have video show. of it. Back to, the helmet was in here until recently. Yeah. we got to bring that back with the eye black. All right. Well, 78% of our listeners think that ASU will go the furthest. And just to recap, yesterday this was the same question, and you guys answered U of A. Yeah, I thought they yeah. could be an Ivy League school. Well, I was wrong. Yeah, the BPI said that we're going to beat them. <laughs> That's... It's not fair that you get to use that as a default anytime you're wrong. What is, what's the BPI doing? See, that's the great thing about it. You have no conscience whatsoever. You just look at it. What's the BPI doing? Who are these pocket protectors? But if they're right, then they're geniuses. Of course. Okay. That's well, no, sense. no, they're not. You then are you for are using them. For committing to the, exactly the process. Right. Okay. All right. Removing yourself from the process. Well, the, the last team I really had any sort of like faith in to go deep is playing right now in Marquette. So they better uh, they better go on a run here. Well, then sticking with that theme, what team do you guys have projected to go the furthest that's an underdog right now? <laughs> that's an underdog? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so uh, Wolf, Wolf doesn't have any underdogs in his bracket. It's just straight chalk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Would you say Bama getting to the Final Four is an underdog? Um, as a one seed? <laughs> would, would Tennessee be a... Oh, would Tennessee... That's going to be your version the, of an underdog, yes. That's the underdog that gets into the Final Four. UCLA and then Houston. There's my Final Four right there. So I'm going to say Tennessee. Yeah, I guess Tennessee would be yours. Um, if we're talking Final Four, I, so I tried something different. Because if you're in a bracket 
contest with a lot of people, you, you can't just go, you, you can't do what everybody else is doing, right? So usually you get crazy, try and pick a bunch of upsets. Most of the teams are gone by the second weekend anyway. So this is my new thing. I we'll love this. Take take a bunch of favorites in the final four because nobody ever wants to do that. Like yeah. Anybody who fills out a bracket that isn't you, you get done filling it out yeah. and you're like, I got four number one seeds. I got to change this. Be the person that doesn't change it. See, what you just said, though, was the exact reason why I use BPI Basinonians. Because you get a bunch of people trying to outthink themselves. They're thinking, hey, you know what? There's, they're, they're all picking this team. I should go the other way. Yeah. And pick some. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Everybody should have the exact same score at the end of the bracket. That's that's the sort of society See, that you're pushing for. Everybody goes in filling a bracket out like, you know what? I know more about college basketball than anybody. So I'm going to fill it out that way. And you get hosed. And you know it. And I don't you like know that you, you are. I don't like that you made direct eye contact with me the entire time. <laughs> it felt personal. Uh, I don't like Duke, but I have them going fairly far. I don't. Uh, okay, there you, you love Duke. I don't like Duke. They're you probably my least favorite team. Going far. I don't like Kentucky either, and I have them going not as far as Duke. Where, where, where did I have Duke going? Um, I tell you, I have Iona. Pulling oh, the upset. No, Duke slid the shorts on when they played the balls. So that, says the BPI. Okay. Well, I, I actually really like UConn a lot, but I could see Iona pulling an upset right there, and that's a 13. Yeah. They're, Iona's probably not even on your bracket. No, UConn's rolling in that game. <laughs> All right. Even though Patino, a storied NCAA coach, is coaching Iona, yeah. the BPI didn't take that into account, though, uh, I'm sure. Oh, no, it did. And it still said, no, <laughs> sorry, Rick. I think we all know why as well. All right, all right. <laughs> I've checked out. Boy, I, I really hope Iona wins. I really, uh, are you saying Rick Pitino is still the Rick Pitino of 10 years ago? No, but Iona's been pretty good. That That's one of those teams that I would have picked. Five years ago. Confidently to pull an upset, except they got, in my mind, like the wrong number four seed because UConn's pretty legit and they're playing well, too. All right, let's pivot to the other Hurley brother okay. today. ASU is playing TCU. And Bickley Murata had on Sunday. Devil Source writer Crips, Chris Cartman this morning, and he previewed that matchup of ASU-TCU. I think that they are a good two-way team, smart basketball, uh, well-coached. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, ASU has to try to uh, play its style, its brand. It's so much what you see is the tenor of the game, uh, who dictates that, kind of determines whether it's going to be successful or not. What kind of start do you want to see from the Sun Devils to guarantee a win? 34 nothing. If they're up 34 nothing, I'll feel pretty good. Yeah, what kind of start? Um, I don't know. I want to see them play with the intensity that they came out in the first half the other day. Oh, my goodness. Nevada was... They didn't have a chance. I want to see them the hit... intensity level. Hit shots because... And I know that sounds very basic. Um... Anybody who's watched ASU all season knows that they have games. Lauren runs the board for pretty much every ASU game, so you know this as well. They uh, they have games where they just can't hit any shots collectively as a yeah. team. So even if they're down like twenty to seventeen, you know, midway through the first half or whatever, if ASU's hitting their shots, I'm going to feel a lot better about their chance. If they come out cold, that might just be it. <laughs> they might just get run right off the floor. How many points did the Wolfpack score in the first half once again? Base and Onions, ask yourself that. Twenty six. And they were hitting threes. 26. 
taste it. That's what ASU's got to do. Come out with that kind of intensity and that kind of togetherness on the defensive end of the floor. Didn't the BPI have Nevada beating ASU? Yes. Yeah. Where's your BPI now? Look at this one game, Luke. It's one. We'll see how your region is, your entire region, compared to the BPI. Yeah, we'll see. We'll All right, see. I feel it's safe that we move on from March Madness Probably now. Good. There's a lot of intensity happening in that studio right there. So the Cardinals have yet to make any big waves in free agency. They did recently lose Byron Murphy to the Minnesota Vikings. What positions do you guys want to see the Cardinals focus on adding to before the start of the season? Uh, center, now corner, a defensive line, and maybe I'm in the minority on this one, but quarterback. Quarterback? Yes, I would like them to add a quarterback. I, I do not want to see them add a quarterback, and the reason why I don't want to say that what all the positions, to answer your question, because I always get accused of this whenever we do <laughs> wolfing down your lunch, that you didn't even answer the question. Not, not by Lauren, it's Just not Don't her. even worry about it. Uh, um... <laughs> the, the reason why I say that, I, I'm agreeing with Luke, but the, I disagree with the quarterback. And the reason why is because I already have a backup quarterback. His name is Colt McCoy. Okay, Colt McCoy is more than capable of seeing them through the first three games. Through, through the first month of the season, as a matter of fact. I'm fine with Colt McCoy. They have a backup. His name is Kyler Murray. So I don't want to see him go out there and spend any money, real money, on a quarterback that you're really not going to play. Because he's not going to start over Colt McCoy. He's not going to do that. I have a lot of thoughts on this, and we're going to get back into it in a little bit. Okay, okay great. Yeah, so we're saying we don't have time. We're, we're well over at this point. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, uh, Lauren, for that. You left uh, me 20 seconds. No, no, we're going to do a whole segment on it, just not, not right now. Chris Paul stepped up in the clutch last night. What does that say for the Suns the rest of the way? We're going to discuss it next. Wolf and Luke right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I knew this was going to be the case watching that Suns game last night. Game ends, Suns win by three, takes a, a late Josh Akogi block of a Paolo Bencaro shot. The sort of block you don't often see at the end of an NBA game. Suns win. Suns win. But I knew the case. I knew this was going to be the case without even talking to Wolf that we were going to come in here and you were going to be like, that was a good win last night. I like it. It was close. Crunch time win. I like it. Um, I would have liked a 35-point win, but a win is a win. And uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul was big in crunch time last night, which is the Chris Paul that we know and we're going to need in the playoffs. And we're not going to need Chris Paul to drop 35 on teams, but we're going to need Chris Paul to take over to a certain extent in the final five minutes because that's who he is. That's And, and so because that's who he is and has been for his entire career, that's ingrained in the Suns and how they have success. Yeah. You know, it's so weird, Luke, because I'm agreeing with what you're saying, yet at the same time, you know the way I feel about this team right now. I They're just treading water. I, I don't even know. Individually, I think you can take things away, like your observation about Chris Paul. Individually, I think you could take... This is a test of the emergency alert system. 
This is only a test. Somebody take the cue. <laughs> are, are we on the air right now, ladies and gentlemen? I, whoa, that was weird. Typically, doesn't some weird guy come on after that and say, if this was actually a dust? Yeah. I mean, that makes you the weird guy now. You're the one that talked after. <laughs> That's why I was purposely well, you know not saying anything. I just kicked myself right in the cradle. <laughs> Didn't I, Basinonians, right there? Absolutely. Okay, that's that was a little messed up. I think you can take individual trends away from watching guys on the floor right now, but collectively, again, I, I think this is a team that is just treading water right now. Individually, they're a good team, and they have some great players and some good players. But something is missing if you watch this team right now. It, it looks like it's missing its conviction. Like, they, 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 they know that they're a better team with Kevin Durant. And they have an idea as to how they want to play with Kevin Durant. But they just can't do it without Kevin Durant right now. And it looks like that, to me, has got them bored. It, you know, as you're saying that, it almost feels like you're working somewhere... And new management comes in, and they give you this whole thing. They meet with the employees. Like, we're going to start doing things differently on April 5th. Okay, And we're going to do things completely differently on April 5th. Well, it's March 17th. So what are you doing for the next two weeks? That's right. Like we're doing stuff that we know doesn't matter because it's all going to change. On We've April got 5th. massive changes coming yeah. to the corporation. Go ahead and start. keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure it's important. Well, he, he, starting with you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's bad. This is because this goes back to our meeting conversation yesterday. Because you sit in the back and you you just glare at people who ask questions at the end of a meeting. Actually, I don't get invited to meetings anymore. Station meetings. And, and maybe that's why I'm not getting invited anymore either. Look, the Phoenix Suns, they had Kevin Durant, Ron Wolfley reporting. They had Kevin Durant out on the floor. He played how many games? Not one, not two, but three games. <laughs> three really good games. He played three. It looked so good to see KD out there. And we all know that. And they all knew they were trying to build something that was going to give them a chance at winning a championship. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're in a holding pattern. And it looks that way when you watch them play. That's my point. Collectively, it looks like they're just treading water. What do you saying if you're in that locker room? If you're somebody on that team to, to make sure that you're still, that you're not just treading water until the playoffs start. Yeah. Like yeah. on any given night, let's they play Sunday afternoon against Oklahoma City. Does anything have to be said? And you're looking around and being like, this just kind of feels like there's a weird vibe. Not complacent, but just kind of waiting. That's probably the best way to put it. It just feels like the Suns are waiting. Yes. Well, again, I, I, I'm not trying to ignore your question, but, you know, with KD, you feel like you're building something. Yeah. You feel like this is, well, hey, we're laying the foundation for a championship. We're laying a foundation, getting used to playing with Kevin Durant. Let's go out and do this on the offensive end and the defensive end. And then we'll, we'll just build our culture from this point forward. And now he's not there. It's, it gets old. Unless you have KD. <laughs> then you feel like you are. 
working towards something, building something. Like Steve Nash was famous for saying he loved the process of coming together as a team and making the, the schemes that you were running come alive with the players that were executing those schemes. Okay, we'll get back into KD. I want to play this cut for you, though, from Josh Akogi uh, talking about guarding the other team's best players. Yeah, I, I, I've been doing this since I got to the league. It's nothing new to me. Um, you know, and I, and I love the challenge. You know, I love the opportunity to go out there and guard Steph Curry, go out there and guard Yana, go out there and guard uh, Ben Carroll, Franz Wagner, all, all those guys. Um, I think it's fun and I'm always you know up to the challenge so for me it's just fun so you said something earlier Wolf that I thought was really profound and naturally it was off the air talking about aggressiveness versus recklessness yes specifically with Josh Akogi oh you you know how much I love Josh Akogi this is a guy I love watching him play he's laugh out loud funny he is watching him play the kind of effort he's giving his final four NCAA tournament. It's it's watching a kid go out there in desperation, and he does it night after night after night. That's what I love about Josh Okogie. Having said that, you can't be out of control. Campaign. What is the one thing you think of a campaign on the offensive end of the floor? A little out of control. Sometimes a little out of control. And some dancing. And, And I think yes, also. And I think campaign would tell you that. That he knows sometimes is he's taking it to the rack, he's out of control. Well, he has said that. He's, he's said that, that Chris Paul's mentorship has yeah. basically taught him to, to try to be a little more under control. Guess what? Josh Okoge on the defensive end of the floor specifically, to me, sometimes looks a little out of control. He plays so hard, and I love him and respect him for it. I don't even know him. And yet I love, I got love in my heart for the kid, just how he plays on the defensive end of the floor. He gives you everything he got, and he never quits. He will never quit on a play. I love him for that. But you get, there's a difference between being aggressive on the defensive end of the floor and being reckless on the defensive end of the floor. What he did last night, oddly enough, to block the three, a three that could have tied the game up, I thought that was reckless. Here it is. Wagner. It's open. Van Carroll had it blocked by a Kogi. J.O. breaking out the eraser. Wow. That was a, that was a dangerous play there. Yeah. You hear Eddie there at the end. Yeah, it was dangerous. Look, it, it worked. It was awesome. It's the best. It's one of the best ways to end the game other than like a 60 foot shot to, to oh. win on a buzzer beater is is to block the other team's last shot. Just be like, it's, you're not even worth a shot. Especially when you're talking about Ben Carroll as well, yeah. right? The best player on the other team. Yes, Paulo, don't care. Watch this. You're going to get stuffed by Josh Okogi. I thought you were going to make a Paulo, Paulo don't care joke. That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> but think about it, though. I, to challenge that shot, it's so who Josh is. And yet at the same time, that's reckless. What if that, what if that, what if the call doesn't go? The non-call doesn't go. What if it doesn't? Even though he got all ball, that's one of those deals. You'd be looking at it. <laughs> You'd be looking at it if it was going to end a game. I, I just, Chris Paul, you had a Chris Paul cut that I thought was beautiful. It 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 really summed up everything about a Kogi. Yeah, it's tough, man. What, what Josh be doing is 
some of the stuff I've never seen before. That block in Houston, that was tough. Not only did he do that, but he went and dunked on the guy. And then, you know, that's a, that's a gutsy block there, being up three. You know, anything could happen or whatnot, but we trust him. You know, you build that trust by doing those, having those tight plays in those situations. Yeah, it's a gutsy block right there. <laughs> I, I would venture one way a guess. Of saying it's a little I, risky. I, that's right. I, I would say this, Basin Orleans. I would bet you that Chris Paul had a conversation with Josh about that. Just the way Monty will have a conversation with him. Just just the way maybe even James Jones will have a conversation with or D Book. Just have a conversation about that. To talk his way through it. Now you know, you know, there's a difference between being aggressive and just maybe flat out reckless. I'll bet you they had a conversation. He did, he did say him. in that cut that they trust him, but his tone, and sometimes Chris Paul, Chris Paul just has that like big brother tone now of like, I trust him. I'm going to talk to him about that. I'd together. be shocked. You don't need to be doing that at the end of, a, of a game seven. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Two more quarterback options for the Cardinals are off the board. Am I the only one here who thinks this is still a position of need? We're probably going to argue about this next. It's Wolf and Luke right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. This should be the music bed for Eric Ruby's sports updates. Like he's just like throwing straight heat that entire update right there. Bolt of energy. Gem. Just fastball, 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 fastball. What are you going to do about it? If you can't hit the fastball, you're going to strike out. Look, I'm going to do this update right now, and you have to ask yourself one question. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) There are very few things that I've seen captivate Wolf's attention (laughs) than Jem doing an update live. That's right. He loves it, Jem. Exactly. He's all in. Here we go. Jem stepping in early today. He fired up some teas. You know what? I, I know everything. you're all jacked up, too. I can Coming see in, it. He's just like, I'm going to do extra work today because I'm Jem. You guys, you're kind of like a horned frog. No, they're going to lose today. Okay, man, how about that? See, I worked that in there. Yes. It, did, did I set you up here? Is that the... Absolutely not. We're talking about oh, NFL okay. quarterbacks. I see. But I appreciate that. Good. <laughs> I appreciate that very misguided attempt. Um, we kind of got into this before, and it wasn't fair. But that was by design. That's that not fair. The question was posed to you. Hey, do you think they need to add a quarterback? And then as you started to answer, I was like, oh, we got to go to break. So now we can get into it because you've got Jacoby Brissett in Washington. You've got now uh, what Baker Mayfield in Tampa. Yeah. Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis. Marcus Mariota in Philadelphia. I think I have the Mariota one, right? Yeah, yes. he's in Philly. Yes, he is. That, to me, I think is a great signing. For Philly, yeah. For Philly, you better believe it. A $5 million with a possibility of going to $8 million. Um, signing that to back up Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. That's an excellent signing. So this is how I'm going to start this conversation, and you can take it wherever you want, okay? The Cardinals have Colt McCoy. Yeah. They don't have Kyler Murray to start the season. We don't know, and I would argue they probably don't know when he's coming back. They got a good idea, though. You think they do have a good idea by now? I think they have a good idea as to when he'll be back. It's not a guarantee because there's still a lot of time you could suffer a setback. This this is where I'm kind of getting stuck in all this. There's basically two paths you're going down here. It is the... We're just going to stick with Colt. We only need another quarterback. And to me, that says they expect Kyler Murray to miss maybe three or four games. Okay, And if you could guarantee me, hey, Kyler Murray, if it was like a wrist injury or something, we were close to the start of the season, Kyler's going to be back week four. 
Well, you don't need another quarterback. you got to have a backup for Colt. But, yeah, I, I trust Colt McCoy for two or three games. If that's the case, that's fine. The other path that you're going down is the, well, it's, you know, it's a rebuild. We don't want to spend a ton of money on any one position. It's a rebuild, right? We're gonna, you know, we don't have Kyler Murray. We don't know how long he's going to be. I don't think you can do both. If, if Kyler Murray is going to be back in week four, sign some guys. It doesn't have to be the same sort of it's – it's a bit of a rebuild because it's a new regime. But you can try to win next year if you think Kyler Murray is going to be back week three or week four. I'm not saying you. I'm saying the Cardinals. If you don't think he's, he's going to be back that soon and it is a bit of a, a – Get me another quarterback. Because if Colt McCoy gets hurt, Wolf, you or I is going to have to play quarterback. Yeah, right now, based on what is happening and the quarterbacks that have been signed out there by other teams, what I think right now, based on earnings, is the fact the Arizona Cardinals, there's your answer. I I believe they think Kyler Murray's going to be back. Uh, I think they believe Colt McCoy is fine. Colt McCoy's going to go out there. He's going to be Colt McCoy. He's going to be a backup quarterback. That's what he's been his whole career for the most part, except early in his in his career. For the most part, he's been a backup quarterback and a doggone good one. And by the way, um, again, I'm fine. Two, three, even four games. Uh, I think the answer is clear. They're not going after any of these guys, and it's not like they were going to break the bank. Marcus Mariota was not going to break the bank. Yeah, so why not? So bring what does him that in? tell you? Tells you they expect Kyler Murray to be ready to go. So if they expect Kyler Murray to be ready to go, why not pay Byron Murphy? Or why not keep Zach Allen? Or why not go get somebody that's maybe a little bit cheaper than Zach Allen to replace Zach Allen? Because you that's are in stuck. a rebuild. Because you are in a rebuild. Because you are going to move. Playing, you're going to move DeAndre Hopkins. That I, I'm that, fine with that. I think that's a separate thing. Well, what does that tell you about the Arizona Cardinals? What their plans are for this season? I, I think Hopkins... Does that not tell you they're going to rebuild it? Yeah, but then if you have if, if Kyler Murray's going to be healthy, can't you kind of rebuild and still try to win? Well, okay, so again, I, I expect Kyler Murray to miss games. I do. Yeah, probably. Okay? Let's, let's, let's say I'm, for I'm sake of argument, three, let's say four. four. Games. Okay, four, there you go. Uh, four games right there. I expect him to miss games. It's one of the reasons why DeAndre Hopkins is gone. And... It's also one of the reasons why you're not going to pay a guy like Zach Allen $15 million a year. I can get on board with that, but then I would like another quarterback. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want one or the other. Yeah, I, either give I, me a cheap, I, give me Teddy Bridgewater, whoever. I think they, they might, yeah, uh, David Blau, they might look at it and say, Colt McCoy is going to be our starting quarterback. What are the odds Colt McCoy actually goes down? He could get hurt. In the first three games. Well, okay, yeah, he could. But, but what, if it's not, eight, what if it's seven games? What if it's eight games? You know what I mean? Yeah, but are you going to go sign a guy to a five to eight million dollar contract like Marcus Mariota when you don't even know if he's going to play? No. Are, do you have that luxury to do that? Well, if you're not spending money at other positions. I, well, again, the, the rebuild. And it, that's why we've got to see where they're going to continue to go with this thing. Because we know what their strategy is. It's not about going out and getting high-priced guys. Or paying a premium for a quarterback when you may not even need him. I, 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 I don't think they're looking at that as a risk. Don't you think you can get... Well, they clearly aren't. I mean, you're right. They, clear, they are clearly not looking at that as a risk. But can't you get a, a serviceable quarterback at a relatively cheap price? Not You're not looking for Kyler Murray's replacement. Nobody expects if Kyler Murray misses half the season that you're going to make the playoffs... But there, I mean, some of these guys, Jacoby Brissett, 
Gardner Minshew. If you told me Kyler Murray's missing seven games, then I, I get on board with the, we're not resigning Zach Allen, we're not resigning Byron Murphy. I can get more on board with that. And some of that, by the way, also might be Byron Murphy and Zach Allen's choice. Right. Um, I can get more on board with that. But then if that's the case, get me Gardner Minshew. Get me somebody that, that gives you a chance in those first seven or eight games. I don't know that Colt McCoy does. If, if if you tell me it's three games, like I said, I think Colt McCoy can get you one or two wins. If you tell me it's seven games, teams are going to start to figure him out, and there's more of a chance he gets hurt too. You got to at least have a backup for him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm probably going to uh, look at a rebuild and think, man, if I had to pay. Baker Mayfield, $5 million to be my starting quarterback, the one-year contract he signed with the Tampa Tampa, Bay Buccaneers. Maybe I could just go get a starter for that instead of Baker Mayfield or or Marcus Mariota or even Jacoby Brissett. What did Jacoby Brissett just sign his contract for? Uh, I'll pull up the exact number. It was with the commander, so it never makes any sense. sorry I don't have it in front of me right now, Basin Onions, but, you know, you're going to pay him starter money. And one year, eight million dollars. Well, there you go. Yeah. One year, eight million dollars. One year, eight million dollars. Are you going to sign Jacoby Brissett to that here? When you know Kyler Murray's really your backup, Colt McCoy's going to start the season. Kyler's your back. You know, you're not going to do that in a rebuild. I guess I'm just trying to figure out if they are also trying to still win this season while rebuilding. And there's, there's different levels to that. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you're going all in. I'm not expecting them to do that. I'm just trying to figure out, are they trying to rebuild and still have success this year? Or is this like a two-year, we're just going to bottom out type thing? And some of that they probably don't know because they don't know when Kyler Murray's coming back. Yeah, you see, and it's all about Kyler Murray. It is Kyler, Kyler, Kyler. It's all about Kyler. And it should be at this point in time because to answer your question, you got to tell me when Kyler Murray is actually coming back. Here's the one thing I know. You're not going to take Kyler Murray, all this money you've invested in him, and suddenly run him out there behind an offensive line that isn't good enough. Okay, and I'm not just talking about the starters. You you also have to get the backups because we all know what happened last year. Ten different iterations of a starting offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals. Ten in 17 games. Absurd. Just, it is absurd. Ridiculous. So, having said that, you got to be smart about what you're doing as well. Uh, when we come back, U of A is now the only school in NCAA tournament history to lose to a 15 seed twice. I believe the other 15 seed had Steve Nash on it. Every time you've referenced Steve Nash today, that's what I thought. I'm pretty sure that's the case. We'll recap that huge loss, plus tonight's big games for ASU and GCU next, right here at Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, it's coming up tonight. ASU TCU from Denver. And the winner of that is going to play the winner of GCU and Gonzaga on Sunday. So look, Wolf, either the Valley's really gonna care about that game on Sunday, or they're kinda gonna care. Or we're all going to be so bitter we're not going to watch it. We're going to be bitter. Like, nobody wants to watch TCU Gonzaga. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not, not really what I'm looking for. There's going to be a lot of people in Arizona that will be bitter if that happens. And, and if ASU doesn't win, we are going to be down to one Pac-12 team 
the first weekend of the tournament, and, and there's no guarantee UCLA. I mean, UCLA's beat up. They're a good team. I, I I think most would agree with me. UCLA was the best team in the Pac-12 this season. Um, well, BPI does. Does it? They agree, oh, yes. Wow. Okay. UCLA, UCLA getting to the Final Four. Even with the injuries? Yes. Okay. UCLA. And the BPI takes into account injuries, of course. Of course. Takes everything into account. Uh, everything. Do you, what do you think the BPI, do you think it's like one of those giant machines from the 80s and you just hand a bunch of papers in the side of it yeah. and it's like, here's all the injuries I wrote them down and it just spits out a formula of who's going to win? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I, I don't think that's That's how it. I picture it. Yeah. I, I think it's a bunch of people sitting around in pocket protectors, as I said before, with their calculators. Just banging it out. A lot just, of just a whole corporation. Analytics. I'll prepare for Monday. I'll bring some more information on how the BPI is actually formed. Because I think that if we're going to throw some insults towards the BPI, we should be a little bit more informed. Um, well, but well, first of all, I can tell you, it, it takes into account everything. Yeah, it's prepared <laughs> for these insults. It's even, already taken into account. Even if Jalen Clark's injury happened in the last game of the season, and I was there for that. Oh, that's right. Yes. Interesting. Do we have an update on how Lauren's bracket is doing against your bracket yet? Um, I know we don't have that okay. update. Wait, that's I that's think. what I think we need to find. Um, okay, yes. I'm, uh, I'll I'm, get to it as soon as I can see it and read my bracket. Hold on, I'm just looking on the uh, website. Yeah, you're still not up there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at the standings. Uh, let's see. Burnsy, then Bickley, then Jarrett, then Gambo, then me, then Sarah, then Vince, then Mitch. Um, no Wolf. Okay. Conspicuously yeah, okay, absent. Great. Yeah. And where are you on that? Middle of the pack. Middle I don't like pack. to show off early in the bracket. Okay. Everybody knows you right. win it late in the bracket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's it's the final four. Yeah. How many how many teams do you get into the final four? How many do you have? <laughs> okay. Three. But I'll I take the trade off. Ladies and gentlemen, right now. If you want to talk about That's the one about- thing I can read in my sheet. My bracket. I can read it. I have all four. You want to know why I only have two. three? Because U of A couldn't hold a double-digit lead against an <laughs> Ivy League school. Now we get down to it. There are. This is so amazing because I wrote it down. I was thinking about there are two things you have to ask yourself in regard to the Wildcats and why the U of A is no longer in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I didn't think you. I didn't expect you to be as as I'm, gleeful today. I'm, I'm just saying. Listen, I I don't like to throw stones at people that lose. I, I really don't. Um, Can unless I put, you're from Tucson. Well, I was gonna say, the caveat to that is if you're going to throw stones this way when ASU loses, then. That opens the door a little bit. Well, listen. Like, do you, do you no, not, not you. think I've gotten hammered yes. with metaphorical stones? Yes. Yes, I have. Stones. Thank you. <laughs> well, not literal, of course. No, obviously not. The why the U of A lost. There are two questions you got to answer. Why did they lose? And how did they lose? How about this? Two uh, different things. This is Tommy Lloyd after the U of A lost to Princeton yesterday. Yeah, no, listen, you, you, hey, you know, I've I've been blessed. You know, I've, I've had a, a great start to my coaching career, you know, at, at Gonzaga, then coming to Arizona. And, you know, there's going to be some bad with a lot of good. And, and I'm built for it. 
And, um, you know, this is, this is going to be a small setback, you know, I mean, because not, not for me. I'm just sad for these guys that they don't get to experience how special an NCAA run is because these guys were built to do that. And we ran into a good team today that that made all the right plays at the right time. And we weren't able to separate from them enough when, when, when we had opportunities. And, and you know, that that's what happens when you are able to stick around a basketball game. I mean, you know, they, they made enough plays down the stretch and we didn't. And um, I'll tip my hat to them. I mean, they're, they're, they're a hard team to play against. I knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, you know, I just know that program has a ton of pride. And, you know, they're well coached and have great fundamentals. And, uh, and, and that showed today. You're class act, Tommy. Uh, I really do. I, I love listening to him. I like he Tommy Lloyd. class act. I would argue not a small setback, but everything else there I'm not going to. If if I were a U of A fan and, and everything is invested in the basketball program, I mean, there's so much. Talk to any U of A fan about anything, any time of the year, and the conversation will drift to basketball. It can be mid-July. Sure. Everything is funneled into their basketball program. That is a, that is, I mean, that's probably the worst loss in school history yesterday, isn't it? It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That That is a bad loss right there. But why did they lose? Why did the Wildcats lose to a 15 seed? They couldn't crush their underdog spirit. They could not. And anytime you're playing a massive underdog, the way the U of A was playing a massive underdog, you've got to crush their underdog spirit. And they couldn't do it. And it came back to bite the Wildcats in a big way. Which is why the Tigers, think about it, they finished the first half on an 8-0 run. Princeton, the Tigers, 8-0 run. Suddenly they're down one at the half, 31-30. How do you think they went into that half? They went in going, we we can do this. And guess what they did in the second half? They finished on a 9-0 run to win the game. Um, Yeah, (laughs) they couldn't crush the Princeton Tigers' underdog spirit quickly enough. They let them hang around, and suddenly... They got bit. Princeton's first lead was with 2.03 to go in the game. I mean, that's... You watch that game, and you're like, every time Princeton scored, it was kind of amazing that Princeton scored. And then when you watch U of A come down the floor, you're like, okay, well, all five of their guys are bigger that they're matched up with. Yes. And they've won 28 games this year. They're going to easily be able to score, and they just couldn't score in the last five minutes of the game. They just couldn't hit a shot. And, I mean... (laughs) The other part of this is U of A finished a basketball game with 55 points. How does that happen? It just none of it adds up. We were talking about this earlier. If you look at the box score of the game, this is not your typical, hey, there's an upset. Hey, there's a 12 beating a 5. First of all, it was a 15 beating a 2. It was not, okay, here's a team that just got hot from 3. What are you going to do? You know, not your day. The other team, what, they shot 25 threes. Would they make like 16 of them? Uh, no, they made 4. <laughs> Princeton couldn't hit yeah. threes. They, yeah. they attempted five total free throws. They had one guy in double figures, and they beat you. I don't <laughs> – I just don't get it. Yeah, uh, you know, but again, it didn't look like the U of A either because you had Azulas Tubelis, who was 9 of 20 from the floor. Now, that's not bad. That's you know, 9 of 20. You're thinking to yourself, it's almost 50% from the floor. He at least had 22 points. Right. But here's a guy that typically is almost 60% from the floor all season long. He's been 60% from the floor. So now they, they jammed up the paint. And guess what happened, too? They turned Zubella's over. Six turnovers in the game. 
Dude had six turnovers in the game. They did a good job running guys off the line as well, in my opinion. So that's the how they won the game, as far as I'm concerned. It was all on the defensive end of the floor for the Princeton Tigers. But the why they won the game? That's easy. The Wildcats couldn't crush him. You know, we were watching the Kennesaw State game here earlier, and Kennesaw State had a big lead in the second half. Princeton never had that big lead, right? But to the point of what you're saying, Kennesaw State had that big lead, and then you could see Xavier start to turn the momentum of the game. If there was any momentum swing in U of A's favor in the last five minutes of that game yesterday, they probably win it, don't you think? I totally agree with you right there because, you know, what happens is suddenly these young kids, these kids who think, hey, listen, we can compete with these guys. We belong out here. Okay, here, I think we all know what's happening now. Here it is. This is... You could see right? it in the Xavier game. It looked like Xavier had a sixth guy out there. I, it's it's so amazing. This is one of the reasons why I say coaches, they matter so much at the college level. Whether it's football you're playing or basketball, it matters so much to me. Because a coach has got to frame up a game. He's got to frame it up the context of the game for his kid. He's got to be able to reach his kid and then teach his kid, motivate his kid. He's got to be able to do that, focus his kid. So much of it. By the time you get in the NFL, by the time you get in the NBA, and you're you're a veteran two, three, four years, you better be a man, a full-grown man, and you better be able to get yourself ready to play in a game. Period. If you're expecting another man to do it for you, you're in a world of trouble. But at the college level, happens all the time. And that's why you need a coach to be a motivator. All right, we come back over to the NBA, the Suns. A little bit of good news, I would say. Kevin Durant getting some shots up uh, before the game yesterday. Look, here's the thing with KD. If he really, if they're going to stick to that three-week uh, timetable before they reevaluate, then he's still got seven more games he's supposed to miss. Uh, James Jones did weigh in on that timetable a little bit. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.